So Allah's laws, Allah calls them sunnatullah in the Quran. Sunnatullah qad khalat min qabl wa lan tajida li sunnatillahi tabdila. No one's going to change these laws. They're there for eternity. Anybody can use these laws, whether you're Muslim or non-Muslim, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Anyone who understands these laws, whatever he asks for, they will be given. And who mastered these laws? The prophets. What makes prophets so special is that they master these laws. And one of the main laws, I'll be sharing with you some of these laws, right? There's hundreds of them, by the way, in the Quran. Hundreds of laws. But one of the most important ones that has relevance to dua is the law of attraction. And the law of attraction states that we attract in our lives whatever thoughts we have and whatever feelings we have. And thoughts and feelings can be negative or positive. So if you're someone who's constantly thinking negatively, you have negative feelings, what are you going to attract in your life? Negative things. And on the other hand, if you're someone who's always happy, joyful, peaceful, loving, what are you going to attract in your life? Positive things. So everything in your life, our thoughts, actions, and emotions, we have to be conscious of how we're thinking. What are we thinking about? What are our feelings like? And if you're conscious about these things, then you will, inshallah, try to, inshallah, improve your du'as. So let me give you some examples of how this works, right? So if you're someone who is upset that you have many debts, you have many loans and credit card bills and debts, you're burdened with debts. If you're always upset and miserable and stressed out about your debts, and you start making dua, Ya Allah, please remove my debts. Is your dua going to be answered, you think? What kind of emotions and thoughts do you have, negative or positive? Negative. So if you ask Allah, Ya Allah, remove my debts, you're actually focusing on the wrong thing. What should you ask for instead? Ya Allah, make me wealthy. Ask for something positive. You guys get it? So similarly, let's say someone um, you know, is, wants to get married, right? How many in the room here want to get married, inshallah? Okay, there's quite a few. So those of you who want to get married, right? I'm sure you're making tons of dua, right? Tons of dua for this is like on top of your list of duas. But when you have negative emotions, when you have negative feelings about marriage, about the chances of you getting married to the right person, you are decreasing your chances of these du'as being answered. And this applies to all aspects of our lives, whether it's relationships, whether it's wealth, whether it's health, right? Whatever it is, we need to constantly be aware of this idea of law of attraction. And you know, the hadith Qudsi that Allah says, I am as my slave thinks of me. Whatever you think of Allah will, will happen to you. So if you think positively about Allah, Allah will, will give you what you want. If you think negatively about Allah, then who do you blame for your suffering? Who do you blame? Yourself. Allah has given you the option. Be positive, you'll benefit. Be negative, you'll you're suffer. And you know something really interesting that... One of my colleagues, uh, you know, he's, mashallah, doing a lot of research in Quran. Uh, his name is Amin Sabri, okay, if you want to look him up on YouTube. He's recently done a research on the types of sins in the Quran. There's many different types of sins in the Quran, like atham, fawahish, 
awzar, sayyat, khataya, and dhunub. Okay? Now, if you look at the translation of this in the Quran, in a diff- like in English or in Urdu, what will you see as a translation? Sin, 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 sin. The meaning is lost in translation. Okay? But every single one of these has a different meaning. So the noob basically refers to accumulated negative energy. Just like, you know, the nub is a tail of an animal. It's always dragging along the animal, right? And the animal's ashamed of his tail. But it's always dragging along. So this is what refers to the noob. Khataya are mistakes. When you have a choice between one thing and another, you make the wrong mistake, the wrong choice. That's called khataya. Sayyiat refers to negative behavior in the Quran. Whereas awzar are actually burdens and responsibilities. That's why a minister is called wazir, because he has a lot of burdens. A wazara is a ministry. There's a lot of burdens, a lot of responsibilities towards society. Fawahish is referring to shamelessness and immorality. But the interesting thing here is atham. Atham talks about negative thoughts and judgments. And if you study the Quran deeply, you will come to realize that atham, the language used for atham in the Quran, is the most harsh language that Allah uses for any other sin. It's a, it's a more serious sin than any other of the, any of the other sins. The sin of wrong and negative thoughts. Okay, and so. What we're learning here is that in society, we, we sometimes give more weight to less important things, right? And the dangerous things were completely ignored. And whose game is this, by the way? Whose game is this? It's shaitan's game, right? By the way, when I talk about shaitan with my kids, I, I use the term shushu, okay? So I might use this going forward because I want them to think that shushu is insignificant, because if you say shaitan and you scare them, they'll be like, oh, I can't, you know, I can't deal with shaitan. But Allah says that, إِنَّ shaytani kana ضَعِيفًا That shaitan's plots are weak. For the true slaves of Allah, shaitan's plots, his evil plotting is weak. And so when you call him shushu, it makes it easier to deal with him, right? So if you don't mind, I'm going to be calling him shushu, okay? So shushu, he has made us, you know the small things or the minor sins? Shushu had made them seem like they're big and huge and a big deal. And the big sins, the super big sins, shaitan has made them small. And this is the, the serious danger here. Whereas where do we know the true measure of what's a big sin or a small sin? Where's the measure? The Quran, right? But because we are distant from the Quran, Shushu plays games with us, right? And so here, atham is what we need to be concerned about. So I'm gonna be talking about negative thoughts and ego, because this is really like serious stuff that's gonna affect your dua acceptance, okay? Because dua is all about your mindset. And so thoughts, what do thoughts do? When you have negative thoughts, you will be someone who's always resisting. And by the way, in psychology, they say that the number one cause of suffering and anxiety is what? Resistance. Resisting the fact that you're not married yet. 
Is that positive or negative? Resisting the fact that you got divorced. Resisting the fact that you didn't win the match. Resisting the fact that your children don't pray. Resisting the boss in your work that you hate. All these resistances are negative energy, okay? What's the opposite of resistance, by the way? Acceptance, right? You got to accept. Resisting is not going to solve your problems. Acceptance. Also, negative thoughts like wanting to win all the time, wanting to be right all the time. This is an ego issue. You know, you're, you're arguing with someone, you're having a debate, you can't stand losing the debate. You ha- you're playing a football match, you can't stand losing. You get really upset at losing. You get really upset when he comes second place. And sometimes we actually teach our kids to think like ego, right? We train them to be egoistic by pushing them to be number one, by, by always encouraging them to win, 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 win. You gotta be right, right, right. You have to get full marks, right? What we need to do is the opposite and train them to think that, you know what, it's okay to be second place. It's okay to get a C in your grade. It's not bad. There's no such thing as competition. Also, ego makes you offended. When you have an ego issue, you get offended very, very quickly. How dare you say that to me? Don't you know who I am? Right? You know who you're talking to? You know whose son I am? You don't know who you're messing with. Right? All these things, this is all ego talking. Appreciation also. When you have ego, you want to be appreciated by people. And guess what happens to you when people don't appreciate you? Miserable, sad, upset. I do so much, but nobody appreciates me. I cook such amazing food, but my husband doesn't appreciate my food. I dress up for him, but he doesn't appreciate me. Right? All this seeking appreciation. And this, by the way, happens in social media. When you post something, you seek appreciation through likes through shares, through comments. And when you don't get enough likes, why? Right? You get upset. How many followers you have? This is all ego games. Reputation. Constantly concerned about what people think about you. This is also ego. Because who do we ultimately have to be concerned about in terms of reputation? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala only. If you seek people or seek pleasing people, is it possible to please everybody? No, right? And you know, very recently, like uh, I got a really nice message. You know, some people spend their entire lives saying, what will people say? What will people think? And they, you know, base their judgments and their action based on this thing. I'll do this because people will be happy. If I, do, if I don't do this, people will say so and so, right? Does that happen or no? And so in that message it says, we spend our entire lives thinking what people will say and eventually all they will say is, inna lillahi wa inna ilayhi rajiun. Right? That's what they will say about you. You know? So get over this idea of seeking reputation from others, seeking to get noticed, right? Seeking to get appreciated and noticed by people. This is what the entire fashion industry is about. Even our young kids now are obsessed about what bags they have and what shoes and what clothes. Why? Because this ego programming is being done. Extremely dangerous, right? 
we need to be noticed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that should be enough for us. We shouldn't seek to be noticed by anybody else. That is a weakness. And of course, judgments. You see, you see a girl in a miniskirt, you judge her. This is a major, major sin according to the Quran. And vice versa. A miniskirt woman sees a hijabi woman, she judges her as an extremist. For the brothers, you see someone with a tattoo walking to the masjid with spiky hair, you judge him. That this brother, astaghfirullah, he's jahannami, you know, his salah won't be accepted. And vice versa, people who don't have beards, when they see someone with a beard, they judge him. This guy, he's backward thinking. This guy, he's an extremist. Right? So everybody's judging everybody, and these are crimes that are attracting negative energy in our lives. Serious negative energy, serious problems, whether it's disease, whether it's sickness, whether it's wealth issues, financial issues, relationship issues. And then we complain, why am I suffering, right? Because we don't realize that these negative th thoughts are actually affecting our lives. And so assumptions also, right? A major negative thing. Assuming that she said that because she meant that. He must have meant this when he said that. You know? Shaitan makes you assume negative things all the time. And then there's this idea of being present. Shaitan wants you to live in the past and the future. The past is filled with regret, sadness, right? And guilt. Correct or no? Why did I do this? I should have done that. I wish I could go back in time to fix that. This is all thoughts about the past. It's not going to benefit you. It's just going to make you sadder and angrier. And by the way, people who don't talk to each other, by the way, how many of you know people who don't talk to each other for a long time? Like, like friends or brothers or sisters not talking to each other for a long time? Yes. They're stuck in the past. They are not willing to let go and forgive. They're holding on that grudge. This is all ego, by the way. Not being willing to forgive. Not being willing to let go of the past. At the same time, shaitan or shushu makes you live in the future. Because future is filled with what? Worry and fear. Worry and fear. Worry about what's going to happen. How am I going to get married? Will I ever get married? Is she going to be pretty or not? Is he going to be handsome or no? Will I be able to survive the economic crisis going on in the region? How will we pay the bills? You know, how will we pay the school fees? How will I lose weight? Right? All this worry, constant worry about the future. And you know what's also Shushu's game? He makes you say things like, I'll be happy when I get married. I'll be happy when I graduate. I'll be happy when I get promoted. I'll be happy when I lose weight. I'll be happy when I go for Umrah. So when are you, are you ever happy in the now? You're delaying your happiness. Does that happiness ever come, by the way? It never comes. Where does Allah want you to be? In the now, in the present, okay? In the present. And, and where is happiness found? In the present. And what's amazing is that what does Surah Al-Fatiha start with? 
Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. That is the ultimate statement of being present. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala started with this ayah to emphasize that you need to be present in salah. When you're praying, you need to be present in front of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Forget the past, forget the future. Be in the present, that's where happiness is. You can never be happy in the past or the future. And similarly, presence, like being present applies to all other areas of your life. When you eat, you gotta be present with your food. When you spend time with your kids, be present with your kids, leave your gadgets alone. When you're reading Quran, be present with Quran. When you're at work, be present with your work. When you're cooking, be present with your cooking, right? So everything you do, you gotta focus on it. We're living in the age of multitasking now, which is another dangerous problem. Let me give you a few, two examples here, okay, or one example here about how shushu works, right? Let's fix, for example, I call my wife, right? No answer. What does shushu make you think? Number one, he's gonna make you feel sad, maybe. Oh, she doesn't reply my, to my calls. She has bigger priorities than answering my phone. He's gonna make you upset. If not that, he's going to make you angry. How dare she not answer my phone? I just bought her a phone and she's not answering my phone. You know, she never answers the phone. Whenever I call, she never answers the phone. And she doesn't even care to call back. Right? Anger. Last one, fear. Oh, man, why didn't she answer my phone? Maybe something happened. Is she okay? Is everything okay? Maybe she had an accident, maybe this, maybe that. Maybe her phone got stolen. So you see how shaitan shifts our mind into something that's negative? Whereas in reality, what could have just happened? What could simply have happened? She could be cooking in the kitchen and the phone is somewhere else, right? So pointless to think about these negative things. So what are positive thoughts? Let's look at the opposite now. Gratitude, alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen, okay, in Fatiha. Acceptance also is part of presence. Being present, accepting reality, being content with what you have, right? Being pleased with what Allah has given you. This is called alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Yes, you have aspirations for the future. You have goals for the future, and it's okay to plan for positive things in the future. Absolutely but you're gonna be living your life in the present, not in the future. You're gonna appreciate life for what it is now. And at the same time, love. One of the most powerful, positive feelings you can have for humanity at large. And Ar-Rahman Ar-Rahim, the second ayah of Fatiha, this is what it alludes to. This unconditional love for Allah's creation. Just like Allah loves His creation unconditionally, He demands that from us. But what happened to us we are selective in who we love, right? We make conditions on who should we love. I love you if you do this for me. I love you if you are the same nationality as me. I love you if you cheer the same football team as me. I love you if you respect me. I love you if you have the same religion as me. These are all conditions that we've put together. And then abundance this belief that Allah's treasures are unlimited. What does shaitan make you think? 
don't aim too high. Don't ask for a billion dollars. That's too much. You know, a aim for like 100,000. That's enough. You know, aim low. Whereas positive thoughts are unlimited. Allah's treasures are unlimited. Maliki yawmiddin. He's the owner. He is the owner of everything. Malik, al-Malik. And you have access to him directly. You have the biggest wasta with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Why are you aiming low? Correct? And sincerity, of course. Sincerity. Ya Allah, we only worship you. I'm only pleasing you, Ya Allah. I only accept or expect rewards from you. I only aim to please you, Ya Allah. I only want to get closer to you. And humility. We seek your help. Because you know, someone who's humble, he's going to seek help from Allah. Whereas someone who has an ego issue, are you going to ask for help? No. People who have ego, ego issues, they are self-sufficient. They think they're self-sufficient. They're independent. They don't need anyone's help. By the way, Iblis, where was he when he disobeyed Allah? He was in Jannah in the highest levels of Jannah with Allah subhanahu Was he present when he rejected Allah's command? He wasn't present. He was thinking about the future. What's going to happen? Uh, uh, if I do sujood to Adam, Adam's going to be promoted. I'm going to be downgraded. I'm not going to be like I had, I'm not going to be the VIP that I was before. He started thinking about the future and he lost the fact that he was in Jannah. Had, Ad, had Iblis obeyed Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and thought about the present, he would, you know, he would be living in Jannah today. What made him disobey? The fact that he left his present state and he became ungrateful and started thinking about the future, about the possibilities of the future. Same thing happened with Adam and Hawa. They were in Jannah. Allah told them, enjoy the Jannah, eat from it, drink from it, whatever you want, except that tree. What was Shaitan's trick? What was his whispers? Eat from the tree, you will live forever. Future. You will turn into angels. Future. You will have a kingdom that's going to last forever. Future. You see? He got them out of what? Out of the present. When he got them out of the present, it was easy for them to disobey Allah. Had, Ad, had Adam and Hawa stayed in the present, would they have disobeyed Allah? No. So that's, you see shaitan's game? Negative thoughts, okay? And how important alhamdulillah is in salah? How important internalizing this point of alhamdulillah and being present, being thankful for your presence. I'll share with you two examples also about uh, different prophets in the Quran. So Yaqub alayhi salam. You know when his, his children come to him saying that the wolf ate your son, Yusuf. He says, قَالَ بَلْ سَوَّلَتْ لَكُمْ أَنفُسُكُمْ أَمْرًا فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيلٌ وَاللَّهُ الْمُسْتَعَانُ عَلَى مَا تَصِيفُونَ he says that you have indeed conspired something against me, but I will have beautiful patience and I will seek help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in this tough time, basically. Wallahul Musta'an is used in a negative sense, that only Allah will help me in this tough time that you're describing to me. So is it negative or positive? It's a negative statement. 
Wallahul Musta'an is a negative statement. Okay? Only Allah will help me in this tough time that I'm in. And what did that result in? Separation from his son for many, many, many years. Depression. He lost his eyesight even. Correct? Now what's interesting is many, many years down the road, the same exact thing happens to his other son now. And the sons come to the father again saying that you, the, the minister jailed your other son. He says exactly the same thing again with a positive mindset. He says, and same words, قَالَ بَلْ سَوَّلَتْ لَكُمْ أَنفُسُكُمْ أَمْرًا فَصَبْرٌ جَمِيلٌ But now it's, this is where it changes to positive. عَسَى اللَّهُ أَنْ يَأْتِيَنِي بِهِمْ جَمِيعًا that inshallah Allah will bring all of them back to me, including Yusuf It's positive. What happens when he says this? Instant reunion. You see how sometimes the words we choose also determine the, the outcomes. You know, these are small subtleties in the Quran that we sometimes overlook. Same thing with Yusuf When he was being, you know, uh, seduced by the women, by the wife of the, the minister. You know what he said? He said, Rabbi, Oh Allah, prison is even better for me than what they're calling me to do. So what did Allah give him? A prison. He was imprisoned. So the scholars of tafsir say that, you know, had he not said prison, had he, had he thought about something else, he wouldn't have been in prison. But he chose to, he, cho he said that he would prefer imprisonment. What did Allah give him? Imprison imprisonment. Negative attracts negative. So uh, it's time for salah. We'll take a break for 20 minutes and we'll be back inshallah at 6.20 inshallah. All right? So I'll see you inshallah at 6.20. Um,